Hey, this is Carrie Peters. And Stacey Morgenstern. And welcome to Better Than Ever, a Health Coach Institute podcast. Where we're here to question how we do life because the normal rules no longer apply. Hey, Better Than Ever podcasters. Hannah Duncan here from the Dream Team. This week, we have something extra special for you. Recently, our HMBA graduate students were challenged to make 10K in 10 weeks. We had multiple students surpass this goal, and the winners will be featured at the HCI Live event this May and are in the running to win a fabulous prize. This week, we are meeting up with one of our finalists in the 10K and 10 Weeks Challenge to hear her story and find out how she did it. But before we begin, I wanted to start with a little clip from the event that inspired this amazing challenge. The first thing I want to talk about is the purpose of a goal and the purpose of a bold money goal. Because I don't know if anyone here has the experience for a long time I did not want to set goals because I was afraid I wouldn't hit them. And then I would feel like a failure. And I didn't like that feeling, so why set the goal in the first place? That's totally planning for disappointment, by the way. But that's what I did. Does anyone have that experience? Like, I don't want to set a goal. What if I don't hit it? And one of my mentors early on, one of my coach uh, teachers, shared with me a, a framework about goals that I thought was great and I'd love to share with you guys. And that is this, that the reason you set the goal is because it drives you to take different action than you would have taken if you didn't set the goal. So let's say, for example, you're setting this goal of $10,000 and we're going to give a 10-week time frame. And in that time frame, let's say you've never made a dime coaching, not a dime. And in that time frame, you go out and you make $5,200 as a coach. Are you, at the end of 10 weeks, disappointed? Do you feel like a failure? because you made a massive leap, because you, you were aiming at a particular goal and your actions, that goal drove what kind of action you took, which was totally different than you would have if you hadn't set the goal, and then you created a really tangible result that you were happy with. Who would be happy with making $5,200? Great, everybody. So when you think about this as a goal, I want any kind of bold, goal that you make for yourself. To remember, it's about driving you forward in a way you have not been driven forward before. Hello, Better Than Ever podcasters. Hannah Duncan here with Natalie Banks from Natalie Banks Coaching. She is a performance coach, and she is also one of our finalists for the 10K in 10 Weeks HMBA Grad Challenge. Natalie, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me, Hannah. So I have to ask, what is a performance coach? Well, I help people to gain confidence in a few different areas in public speaking, in leadership skills, communication skills, and stress management so that they can realize a better work-life balance. Awesome. So I, how did you come to this career path? I mean, what, what inspired you to be a performance coach? <laughs> oh, man, do you have 
do you have an hour and a half? <laughs> 30 minutes, but sure. <laughs> I have a background in theater and film. I have about 30 years experience in that. And then I also spent 16 years in corporate America. And I, I mean, I came, when I left to do coaching at the time, I had a rock star lifestyle job. Um, I traveled all over North America. I got to teach people about bourbon and tequila and rum. And like, nice. it, was, it was the coolest job. <laughs> and it's still a really great company. And a lot of things had led up to me um, deciding to leave that life. One of them was my very amazing mentor and boss at the time uh, passed away in 2013. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really interesting to me to watch how a corporation chooses to handle the death of high up um, executive or employee. And during that process, I kind of came to this realization of, oh my gosh, I love this job. I love what I'm doing. But I also do realize that if, if I didn't design my life, someone else was going to design it for me and I might not necessarily like what they had in store. And so it was just this kind of this moment of a really important person in my life passed away, kind of understanding where I was in corporate America, where I was traveling 42 weeks a year. And a lot of times that was 12 weeks in a row where I had 24 hours to come home and do laundry and go back on the road again, you know, high stress. And so I decided, what am I doing with my life? So I, I decided to blow my life up at the age of 40 which is a really great idea for people. And I'd recommend that you do it. Um, <laughs> Noted. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I decided to do something that mattered. And I knew that I wanted to do some kind of coaching because I had started to kind of do it in the company that I was with. And I'd been receiving requests from people, which it wasn't my, really my job at the time, but word got out that I had this ability to kind of help coach people in presentations. And there was a, there's a big, big sales meeting that this company does every year where they have all of these marketing people come up and give giant presentations in front of thousands of people. And there's terror that kind of comes along with that when you have to present. And I was able to work with a lot of those people. And so I kind of decided to leave when I, when I left corporate America, that I wanted to do that. I wanted to do some, some sort of coaching. Had no idea how I was going to do it, but I wanted to do that. So that's what I did. And um, I spent the next year and a half flailing and <laughs> kind of treading water and trying to figure out how to do that. I think that that kind of is when I found HCI. Well, it sounds like you're very, very qualified with your theatrical background and, and corporate America background to be a performance coach. You found HCI, you took BHC, and mm -hmm. then moved on to HMBA grad. And then sort of midway through HMBA grad, they announced the 10K challenge. Up until that point, how was your business going? <laughs> it's fine. I guess, you know, my business actually has, it's been going well. It's been, I, I don't, it's like slightly better than life support. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because I, I was able to, I was able to do a lot of the work of putting a name, making a name for myself before I, before I found HMBA grad. So that once I really truly committed to it, I kind of had a little bit of a client base already, but yeah, before I didn't have a structure before HMBA grad or before even become a health coach, I would do these coaching sessions with people and I'd be like, I'm just going to kind of wing it and see, I'm just going to listen really hard and maybe give them some advice, you know, no structure whatsoever. And so HMBA and, and become a health coach really, really helped me to refine that structure and just, re- just hone my craft even more. When they announced that they were doing the 10K challenge, what inspired you to register? Well, or was it a no-brainer? <laughs> it was an absolute no-brainer. Are you kidding me? I just <laughs> paid to do this graduate program, which first of all, I was, I drug myself kicking and screaming to write that check because like I went to this HCI live thinking, okay, I know they're, I know that they're going to bring this up. I know they're going to bring it up and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I need this and this and this, and I don't need this. And a bunch of, a a series of events happened while I was at HMBA grad that it was just like, you, you need to do this and you're an idiot if you don't do it. So after I signed up for it, it was a total no brainer to sign up for the 10K in 10 weeks, because I think about this for a second. You just signed up for a program where you're paying essentially around 10K for this program. And and the program is now going to hold you accountable to make up and recoup that money within the first 10 weeks of the program. I mean, who wouldn't do that? Are you kidding me? It's, it's, that to me is part of the learning process. And if you don't sign up for that, you're missing out on learning. So there was no, there was no way I was going to not sign up for that. So you've signed up and it's a no brainer for you. You are working it. Tell me about the first couple weeks. Were you making anything or was it, was it going well for you or did you run into some bumps? Well, this is where, this is where like the hesitation and the vulnerability of myself like comes up because when I, as soon as I signed up for the 10K in 10 weeks, and as soon as I signed up really for HMBA grad, I had, and to give you a little bit of background, at the time that I signed up for HMBA grad, I had enough money for like two months worth of mortgage and some groceries in my account. Like there was not, I was, I was drained. Um, and was there any income coming in no, at the same no, time? None? No jobs. <laughs> no jobs were happening. So why not sign up for a year long program with nothing in your bank account, right? That's smart. So <laughs> I, I signed up and literally within 48 hours, I started getting phone calls. And the phone calls that I started getting for work totaled to exactly $10,000. Wait, repeat that again? Right? Yeah. 48 hours after you signed up. It might've been 72 hours. I don't really have, but literally right after I signed up for HMBA grad, I started getting phone calls from clients, repeat business that I had not, that pretty much I'd written off that I'd finished my contract with them saying, we need you to come in and we need you to do some more coaching. And the total amount for the clients for what they were asking for was exactly $10,000. Like exactly on the nose. 
So it was paid for within 72 hours. That's amazing. So, well, <laughs> essentially it had, but they didn't, they hadn't actually paid me until they, it wasn't, the work wasn't going to happen until next year, but I, I had secured it within that amount of time. And so I get, when you have these questions, like you sent questions before of how hard was this for you? And how, how, you know, how did you struggle? And that's where like my guilt comes into play of, do I deserve this? Of, I, do I deserve to be the person that, that someone who's listening to this looks up to and goes, Oh, I want to be like that person. I'm like, I, it, I had to do a lot of, of soul searching. Like that was my struggle. My struggle was this came too easily for me. So I had to kind of look back and I had to kind of take more of a, a 30,000 foot view of where I've come from and what led me to the place where people just go, oh, you got to call Natalie because she'll help you with this or this or this. And I did, I spent years, I spent years building my reputation and building that network within, you know, my network of people who now consider me a coach that they want to rely on. And so <laughs> I still did the work, but it wasn't necessarily in the way that everybody else is probably doing it. And I felt so guilty for that. It was crazy. So I had to remind myself that, yeah, you did do the work. It just was different. <laughs> yeah. That was my struggle. That maybe maybe even longer too. I mean, it sounds like you you've spent a lot of years sort of honing in on this craft to to bring you to the stage that you are, which is the performance coach. I mean, you yeah. you had to go through quite a bit just to get here. Well, I yeah, and that kind of brings up a thought that I have had. I think it was, I think it was when I used to be like a bartender years and years ago in my early twenties. Um, I had learned it somewhere at some retail, you know, when I was teaching when I was not teaching, but I was working in retail, that everything you do when you are working represents the brand that you're working for. And so I've kind of always had that in the back of my head of everything that I do and say is going to represent the brand I'm working for, which just over time has translated into everything that I do or say is going to represent my personal brand if that makes sense, my personal leadership brand, my personal brand of what people will think of me. And I always want to make sure that, that, you know, I can still merge my personal life and my, my professional life, but I want to make sure that I'm always representing my brand. And so I think that I started representing my brand, the Natalie Banks brand of who I am long, like years ago, years and years ago, probably. I want, you know, just in case this person ever needs to hire me for anything or make me a part of their team, I want to set that impression. Yeah. And it sounds like most of your clients have come from, you know, previous experiences or previous jobs or, or their former clients. Is that correct? I'd say 90% of them have. So when I first wow. left, the company that I left, I still contract with because they're an it's an amazing company. And I, just because I chose to go off on my own. I still think they're an amazing company. Um, I still use their products. And so the people who work for that company after I left were like, we're still hiring you. I don't care that you left. We're still going to contract with you. And then there would be some people who left that company and went to other companies and that I had still known before and then brought me into that new company. And I just 
recently, and again, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I just recently got another contract with a, another colleague of mine that I had worked with before who went to another company that brought me into that company. So yeah, it's, it spreads and word of mouth spreads. Speaks a lot for you as a person and you, you as a business too, I mean, to, to continue working and have that exposure, but not necessarily need to be putting things out on social media all the time or like sending a ton of emails or anything. So that's, so that's pretty that. exciting. <laughs> I am so It's a bad great place to be in. <laughs> it is. You're right. It's a really good place to be in. And yet I, and what was it? I think Carrie was saying in one of, um, at one point she has said, you know, look at all you've done and where you've come from. And if you're like me, you probably think that you haven't done crap and you're worthless. And so <laughs> a lot of people I'm, think that. Um, I know I raised my hand mentally when I heard Carrie say that because it's true. You're right. I have done a lot. And Anne, I'm looking at the, I have done nothing on social media. You and I were talking earlier about how I've been working on my website for three years now. <laughs> <laughs> and and sending emails out and all of that. It's just, it, it, that is where I know, like once I start to scale, that's going to be something that I'm going to need to do. And re it's really important. But for mm -hmm. now, um, I'm working on the word of mouth and that seems to be doing fine for me. <laughs> I'll say, I mean, so let's talk about when did you officially hit 10 K during the challenge? Um, I don't remember, but it was probably like, First week of February, I think. First week. Of, so that was around. Uh, halfway. It was like halfway through. I yeah. Think. I was going to say like week five or six. Um, so you've hit 10K early on in the challenge. Um, I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so, so you've hit it early on. What did you end up making by the end of it? I ended up making 18200 to be exact. Say that so, again. You made how uh, much in 10 weeks? <laughs> I made 18,200. 18, wow. And this was all word of mouth. People you had worked with before, people who referred you to someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of them was a really, really great contract with um, a company that had another, it was, um, they had a, they had a sales meeting coming up. And so they said, we'd like you to work with every single one of our presenters, which ended up being 18 clients, essentially wow. one, one client, one person hired me, but I had 18 different people that I was working with separately and individually. So that was, that was kind of my home run hit. Was working That's awesome. That. Yeah, it was, it was great. And it's such a great experience to be able to work with all those different people. And I actually think I booked two closing, you know, two dis discovery sessions with um, two of those clients in the process of that as well, too. So. Wow. Yeah, it was good. So do you have any tips for uh, the listeners of the Better Than Ever podcast? Maybe we've got, we've got a wide range of listeners. We have some students who are, you know, very new and fresh to the coaching world. We have some students who are who've been here for a little bit and maybe they haven't really hit their like big moment in their coaching business. Um, what tips would you give? Let's first start off with our newbies, our, our BHC level or people who are thinking of coming into the coaching world. Do you have any tips for them? Um, my first tip would be to do it. Just stop. Just stop being afraid. Stop worrying. Just stop it. Stop being afraid and do it. Because if you're thinking about it, there's a reason. There's a reason why you're doing it. That would be my first thought. 
Um, and I, like when I'm, I think back to when I was debating whether or not I should do this, it was the whole, oh my gosh, am I going to make enough money to do this? Like I, I'm making, I was making really, really good money in my corporate job before. How am I going to be able to do this? Um, and I just had so many excuses for why I shouldn't do it. Just don't, don't, I, I can't do it because of this and I can't do it because of this and my mortgage and my, you know, bills and, and all of this and health insurance. Oh my gosh. And 401k and all the, everything. Um, and I, I think what kind of, for me, made me decide was I did not want to regret this. I did not want to look back five years from now or 10 years from now and go, wow, I really should have done that. I should have done it. Cause I have plenty of regrets in my life. Like we all do. I'm guessing unless, unless I'm alone. Which I might be. <laughs> no, we all have regrets. <laughs> but I have, I have plenty of those. I don't need any more regrets in my life. And so I, I remember when I was telling people I was leaving, it was like, you know, I may fail. I may fall flat on my butt. Only I didn't use the word, butt. <laughs> I'm going to do this because I don't want to regret it. And so my tip, I guess, would be for some of the new people deciding is um, if you can look, you know, look at your, step into your five-year self, like fat yourself five years from now. Will you be glad that, if you make this decision, will you be glad that you did it? Or will you regret that you didn't do it? And if there's any chance that you're going to regret that you didn't do it, then you need to do this. You need to do it. And like another thing that kind of a thought that comes to my mind when you ask about, you know, for people who are starting is fear because fear is such, it can be debilitating. You know, it causes people to freeze or to run. Um, and I would say if you've got fear, maybe you should enact the fight version of your, the fear response instead of the flee or the freeze version. Ignite and enact the fight version where it says, you know what, I may be afraid of this, but I'm gonna fight to make it work. And so you can use that fear to your benefit. That would be my thought. Fight for <laughs> it. You, you mentioned earlier, you know, you've, you've been working on this brand for a long time, whether or not you knew that it was necessarily something that you would end up in. So what about folks who have sort of been in that same boat? You know, they've got all these special skills, they've got this talent, and they don't really know what to do with it, but they know that they want this career path and they're working in it, but it, it doesn't seem to be lining up for them right now. Do you have any advice for those folks? Well, first of all, I would say get training. And, and maybe that's because I have a training background, but get some training. And if that means become a health coach, if that means HMBA grad, if that means mastery or TCM, whatever it is, get some training. Because training does more than just give you the knowledge that you need. Training provides you with the confidence that you need to continue working and to, to make this work for you. That's one thing I would say. And then after that, I would say baby steps. You know, Carrie and Stacy say, rightly say, small hinges swing big doors. And so I would recommend do something every single day, even if it's just 1%, one, you know, of, of the total 
of everything you should be doing. Just do something to move you forward every single day. Find ways to take risks, whatever that risk might be. You know, for some people that risk might be, I'm gonna go give a sugar talk in front of an entire room of people when I'm terrified of speaking. And for some people that might be like me, I'm gonna go on live on Facebook Live and put myself out there. Or maybe it's sending an email or whatever that risk happens to be, I would say take a risk. Get training, do something every day to move you forward and take risks. I wanted to go into what was your motivation through this entire challenge? What kept you going? Was there a person? Was there a money goal? Was there a personal goal? Was there just prove them wrong? Like what, what kept you focused to make $18,200 in 10 weeks? This is again where my vulnerability comes into play because my focus was I had, I had deadlines. Like I had people who had hired me and I had no choice at this point. Like that was my focus. And for me, I'm, I don't know if anybody else out there can relate, but um, I'm a Myers-Briggs ENFP and I'm ADD. So that makes a combination for a really scatterbrained brain. <laughs> it also means that I work really, really well with deadlines. And so for me, that's what helps to keep me focused is to give myself a deadline, but um, a deadline that actually someone else has kind of given me. Um, and, and you know, what else really helps too is mental, um, the mental rehearsal that I don't know. I think we learned that in, I think it's a become a health coach in pillar two, but mental rehearsal of just sitting down every morning and going through what I plan to do for the day and how I'm going to do it and how it's going to feel and how my body's going to respond and how my brain's going to respond made me want to focus in a little bit more. So those are the two things. Deadlines, <laughs> I highly recommend them, and mental rehearsal. <laughs> uh, I could totally relate to that. I am a deadlines person as well. <laughs> I need those. <laughs> or else it just doesn't get done. It just becomes one of those like projects that I had on the back burner that I know I'm going to get to, but you know, it, this came in front of it and this came in front of it and then I never did it. Yeah. Um, so I love that. Set those deadlines Welcome to for yourself. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about HCI Live. You're going to be up on stage talking to a room of over 500 people. I'm sure as a performance coach, you're probably not super nervous or are you a little bit nervous? Um, Yes, I am. And here's the reason why, because everybody gets nervous. It's your body's natural response to energy that is being focused towards you. And so those who say that they don't get nervous are liars. Totally. I mean, I have performed, <laughs> I have done stuff in front of hundreds of thousands of people before over the course of my life, if you combine it all together, but of course I'm going to get nervous. And then, yeah. There's also the moment of when you're on a stage in front of a large group of people, it's a highly, highly vulnerable moment if you let it be. And one of the things that I coach my clients on is being vulnerable and that being vulnerable on stage is one of the bravest things that you can do. And so I'd be crazy to say that I'm not going to be nervous. Of course I'm going to be nervous. I'm going to be in the back room, you know, 
probably freaking out and trying to do like the five, five, seven breath before I go on to calm myself down. <laughs> and anytime somebody comes up to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to freaking out. I mean, that's going to be me. So I'm looking forward to it and I'm going to prepare for it. Um, I am grateful that I know how to prepare and how to prepare correctly for a presentation because there's a, there's a right way and there's a not so right way. Um, but yeah, if I, I, I'll definitely have some nerves. <laughs> so you've been to our live events before. Did you ever, I mean, this is the first time we've done the 10 K challenge first off. So this is totally different, but we've had grads in the past who were up on stage, you know, talking about the money they're making or the lives they're changing. Did you ever think that that would be you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, when I went to the H, the HCI live in November, I remember the graduates came up and I remember sitting there going, okay, that'll be me next time. It was, it was one of those moments of absolute pure clarity of that will be me. Um, and I don't know if it was necessarily a goal that I set for myself or whatever, but um, it, there, there was no, gosh, I wish that would be me. It was, that will be me. And occasionally I get, <laughs> gosh, that sounds so arrogant. It really does. No, it doesn't. It sounds like you were very motivated. You knew exactly what you wanted and you set your mind to it. And that is exactly what we teach in our programs. Well, it was, it was something like that. I've, I've had moments like that um, in my life. I can remember the job I was telling you about that was like the rock star lifestyle. I can remember when I had just gotten that job, I saw someone present um, a training about a bourbon. And I remember that same feeling that I had at HCI Live of, that's going to be me someday. I'm going to do that. And I'm going to make sure I'm there. Um, and that exact same moment came while I was sitting and all the grad students were up there. And I think um, Marie Carmen was up there talking about dating some niches. Yes. She's awesome, <laughs> adorable. And I remember that's, I'll be there next year. I don't know how or what I'm going to do, but the next one I go to. Yeah. So set my mind to it, I guess. And here you are, you're getting ready for it in just a, a couple weeks and you'll be up yeah. on stage presenting. You'll be one of those people. So somebody else in the audience can look up at you and say, that's going to be me next time. And you can be up there to inspire right. them. You're right. And I hope that I, I hope that I'm able to put words in a way that will inspire that next person, that there's someone in the room that will say, that's going to be me. Yeah, that would be, that would be my wish. If there is one person in the room that receives just a little bit of inspiration out of something I can say, then, then it will have been worthwhile. <laughs> so for those of you listening who are going to HCI Live, if you're in the audience looking up at Natalie, just say that will be me and it will be possible, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> There's a little work that goes into it too, but yeah. <laughs> sure, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Absolutely. Well, Natalie, I can't thank you enough for joining me um, on the Better Than Ever podcast. And I cannot wait to see what you do at HCI Live. I know it's going to be fabulous. And we are all sending our love and support to you for it. If you would like to check out Natalie and see what she's up to, you can follow her on Instagram. You can go to speakers underscore nook. That's speakers like speaking and with an S on the end, and underscore Nook, N-O-O-K. 
Uh, so Natalie, thanks again for joining us today and we will see you at HCI Live. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks for tuning in to Better Than Ever, a Health Coach Institute podcast. For more information on our programs, please go to www.healthcoachinstitute.com. Comment and share if you like what you hear.